Amen. There sure is. Welcome to the war, if you haven't left. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord God, for being so gracious and good and kind to give us another day to serve you, to praise you, to bless you, and to see your hand of mercy and goodness upon us, Lord. I thank you for each one who's listening today that you'd encourage our hearts and wake us up. Lord God, I come against the spirit of stupor. I come against the spirit of deaf and dumb. I come against the spirit of blindness. I come against the spirit of hopelessness and despair and dismay. Father, I rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ, and I bind their activities in our listeners, in our lives, in your church, in the remnant, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we ask you to activate us, Lord God. You have allowed us, Lord God, to um, wander through the wilderness, Lord God, and now it's time to take up the battle, Father God. And so we come against the powers of darkness, the giants, uh, and ask that you would uh, go with us, that you would answer our prayers, that you give us encouragement to pray, that uh, you said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. So guide us now, Father. Give us wisdom, anointing, wisdom, and counsel, and power through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about praying, and uh, well, praying. Wow, that's <laughs> it's an old it's an old fashioned thing, isn't it? Really, it is since and, the beginning. Uh, yeah, it is. And so we're talking about. You mentioned about Matthew eighteen, eighteen, and nineteen. It says, "Whatever, you know, whatever we bind on earth shall be. Uh, if we, uh, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." And again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Yes, So exactly. And you know that same verse um, is repeated or first spoken in Matthew sixteen nineteen, where he says, um, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So what does that mean? Binding, loosing actually means... Binding means whatever I forbid. I forbid you, enemy, to continue this operation. I release, loose, release the blessings, the power of God to go forward in this situation. So, so that's what binding and loosing means. You're, you're taking authority. God has given you to bind certain situations. And I think this is a problem because most people don't realize they have this authority in their mouth. To God has given it to his believers, his followers, to do this. And most people don't understand it. It's not an either or, it's both. You know, some right. people say, well, we just need to bind the power of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then along with that, you have to loose the power of God, the will of God. Right. And, and you know, um, a lot of times with, with this thing with prayer, people, I believe one of our biggest problems is we have this. One of our biggest privileges is to pray, to, to, uh, to talk to God to storm the gates of heaven, to um, uh, make our petitions known. And yet, because of the demonic internal interferences and resistances to prayer, we, begin, we, we don't do it very often. We kind of, you know, we don't stand up for our rights. We don't resist the devil. We kowtow to the devil's 
dismay and discouragement and it doesn't work and whatever. So, um, so really prayer is not to be a bland, uh, boring, boring, milk toast devotional life. It's like I have a devotional life. I read my Bible in the morning and I pray and that's fine. You know, and the Bible says to in First Thessalonians, I think it's chapter five. It says, "Pray without ceasing." Right. In other words, in other words, a prayer is the breath of the believer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's constantly listening to the Lord, constantly in your spirit, lifting yourselves up to the Lord. It's not just uh, petitions or requests. It's 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 a life of listening to the Lord, mm-hmm. and then um, it's it's communication. To it's, that it's living voice. in. Mm-hmm communion with the Lord. It's not just a one-way thing where we got our list of mm-hmm. of demands or requests and we just, okay, we lay out our list, okay, then we go about and do the dishes and go to work. But it's just... You can actually pray while you're doing the dishes. Right. Or I driving mean, in the just car. Just constantly and listening to the Lord, listening to the Spirit of the Lord. But... Here's the deal: is a lot of times we're just we're just frustrated with prayer. A lot of people have kind of, uh, even believers have kind of, in a sense, given up on prayer. We can say like, right. well, I prayed before, you know, I prayed about this, you know, I I prayed, for example, let's say I prayed that the election would go a certain way, and it didn't go the way I prayed. Now what do I do? Well, I think a lot of times this is one of the bigger obstacles to praying is past record and of outcomes. And God doesn't say pray for the outcome or be, he says, pray, he says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. You notice there are three different things. You ask, then if that doesn't work, then you can seek. And if that doesn't work, then you pound on the door. And I believe God is pleased when we continue to pursue him. It's like, come on, people, let's put a little heart into this. Let's put a little passion into this prayer. This isn't a, you can't do prayer by rote. Yeah, you can, but it doesn't do you any good. And it actually discourages you to just go through your repetitive prayers. It's time to pray. I've got to say my prayers, get my list out. You know, there's nothing wrong with list praying, but you have to pray with some sort of passion and conviction. And a lot of times we don't, we just kind of go through the motions. Luke chapter 18, verse one, he prayed, a, uh, he told a, a parable that men, to the end, the the goal of this was that men would always to pray and, and not lose heart. And he talked about the widow that went before the unjust judge. A widow, basically, the, she has no political clout. She has no money. She can't bribe the judge. But she's persistent. Mm-hmm. She comes before this wicked judge and says, you know, hey, avenge me of my adversary. I've got a cause here. I want you to take care of it. And even though the 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 judge gave her what she wanted, even though he was a wicked, corrupt judge, because he saw that she was going to be so persistent, she's just going to keep praying, excuse until, me, just yeah. keep bugging me mm-hmm. till she gets her. Well, what she, she was wants. really, she was really uh, um, uh, her cause. She was really engaged in her cause. She was passionate for her request. She wasn't just kind of going to give it up because, and looking at the odds, what are the odds that this judge, this wicked judge is going to hear a widow? What can, like you said, she can't bribe him. She can't, she can't add any political um, clout to his position or anything. She wasn't going to, but, but she was not looking at the circumstances. She was not looking at what it looked like. And that's one of the problems with people. We pray, we look at the, the problem, we look at what it looks like, and then we fail, we fade out and we just go away and, you know, because prayer doesn't always look like an immediate accomplishment. It, it looks like, you know, if you go wash the dishes, you see the dishes are washed. But if you pray, you don't know right away oftentimes, most of the time. 
if there was any response on the other end. And so people, but she wasn't defeated or dismayed by the demonic. As a matter of fact, I suppose the reason was because she was so desperate. I think when she got so desperate, the desperation for God to help her, she had no other alternative. She had no bank account. She had no friends. She had no other alternatives. So the desperation of God, you're it. You're the last and only. And so she was able to risk her own life um, because she could have been thrown out. She could have been hurt. She could have been whatever. Um, but she, and, and here's the problem with, with today. Um, I don't know if we are desperate enough or passionate enough about our circumstances. Um, and that's part of the problem because we have been trained by Satan uh, in this corporate world to be very isolated. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to know too much about the news. We don't want to know who's you know, the bad things. We don't want to know any more bad things. So we kind of isolate and, and entertain ourselves to keep ourselves in that kind of a, a, a numbed out level of um, non-participation in our world. And this is the problem because people need to get active and involved. It's, it's time. It's the, There's a desperate need for um, true warriors to come forward. And, you know, a warrior on the on the battlefield cannot be apathetic. He cannot be passive. He cannot wonder who's the enemy or do I have to really go to the front line today? There is a mandate. There is no other option. And I believe prayer now is our mandate to get up to the front lines. And Jesus said in Luke uh, 10, um, as he was commissioning the 70 uh, followers, disciples at the time, he says, um, the harvest field is great. The, the harvest is great, but there are a few laborers Petition, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into the harvest field. And right now, the harvest field is beginning to come forward. And where are the laborers? Where are those who will follow up, take care of, disciple, uh, pray with, teach, train those precious souls that are just coming into the kingdom? But then when they got back from their mission, they were all excited because the demons were subject to them. And this is what it should be. God says, I give you power. He says then to them, um, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all yes. the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, so he's saying, I have already given you this power, this authority. I've returned back to you, your power and authority, because what we did is that in the garden, we lost that authority by giving our power and authority to the devil through that agreement. <clears throat> and so now God is giving it back to us and it's coming to us through this avenue of the word. The words, your mouth, you know, praying is about speaking words, uttering words, declaring words, binding words, loosing words, um, petitioning words, praising words. It's about words. And a lot of we're living in an age right now where, you know, we're, we're people are getting masked up. Just Muzzled. be quiet. <clears throat> Muzzle. Don't yep. say anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've got to have unity, uh, you know, with evil and, and so forth. So. It, it, we have to realize that you know prayer is not a last resort. It's 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 a way that it's we need first, to operate, yeah, and resort. it needs to come to the place of being very aggressive. Because right. listen, the very survival right now, we are at the place. Let's yeah, say in yeah. the United States, yeah, where everything everything demonic is going on to attack and to destroy this nation. The destruction of the nation, the entire nation, is right in front of us, all around us. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, a lot of people are just going along with the narrative and not speaking up. Well, that's because they have not realized they've been not paying attention or paying attention to the wrong things. But Jesus said, um, <clears throat> it, you know, he says, 
If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Um, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses it for my sake will find it. Now, here's the problem. We're all trying to save our life by being good, by being doing what we're told. And like with the muzzles, um, the muzzles, the isolation, the constant dictation of things that are, Lies are, 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 are bred, bred, in, bred yeah. in fear, bred in fear. It's all coming out of fear. And the, here's the two options. Love and fear. Whatever you're doing, if it reduces down to fear, it's not of God because God is not fear. God is love. God's obedience. And I was thinking of the story of the children of Israel when they got uh, released from Egypt. They had been slaves for 400 years, and now they're led through the Red Sea, baptized into a new life, uh, and moving off into the this new uncharted world. And God is bringing them back to take back, give back, fight for, reclaim the promised land. That was the exact land that God had given to Abraham 400 some and some years before that. And so God is bringing them out. They have very few weapons. I don't know what they would have, um, you know, except clubs and things like that because they didn't have swords and they weren't permitted to carry any of those kinds of things in Egypt. But here they are, the very first battle that they're, front, they're fronted with or confronted with are giants. I mean, literal giants. And, and it was Og and, of Bashan and, and Zion, I think, or whatever his name was. Zion, yes. Zion, yeah. And so, I mean, and so what they, they were in this battle, and what happened, the battle was won through prayer. When Moses lifted up his hands, praise God, um, that they did well. And then when his hands got tired, remember the story, um, they started losing. So then a couple of guys went and lifted up his hands to keep him uh, up, up petitioning, praising, praying to God. And that was the the battle. And so here's the deal. A lot of us, you know, uh, we think, well, what can I do? I'm isolated. I don't want to go out there. You know, I, the people are hostile. You know, and I don't want to wear the mask. I don't want to do this. And that. But you, you, we have to go forward with preparing for the battle first. And the preparations for any va- battle or victory are actually done and won in your prayer closet. This is a nice isolated place where you can just be quiet. You can seek God. You can cry out to God, lay out your petitions. There's no one there to resist you except the devil who does tries to keep you from doing it. But you, you have perfect liberty to pour out your complaint before God, to come to God, to petition him for his mercy, his intervention. Um, but one of the things that's interesting, too, is just kind of an aside. But when Joshua went out into battle, he, here's one of the problems. Here's one of the problems when people go to pray. Um, Joshua, remember he said, sanctify yourself before the Lord. Okay, that means get clean, get holy, get any junk out of your life, get any any hindrances out of your life. If you have any uh, accursed objects hanging around your house, get them out. If you have any open doors to that sort of thing, Satan can come in and, and dismantle your prayers and defeat you in your prayer and for victory. So he first of all said, sanctify yourself. So many people coming to the Lord have a house a literal house that's filled with clutter, filled with evil objects, accursed objects. Get the Harry Potter books off your shelves, and etc. That's an example of various things that you know, games, video games, Ouija boards, anything, anything. I know Christians Movies, don't, yeah. yeah. That that will be a way for Satan to to dismantle or undermine the power of your prayers. Get clean. That means get sanctified, get holy, get get completely committed, purely committed. 100% committed to the task at hand, which is crying out to God, petitioning God, and then we can believe for victory. So we sanctify ourselves before we go into battle by cleansing our lives and removing all of those accursed objects. And some of those things aren't objects. Some of them are thoughts. Some of them are behaviors. Some of them are um, 
stuff like doubt, distrust, unbelief, unworthy, you know, uh, that's not going to work. It didn't work last time. You know, I prayed and -and so-and-so died and whatnot. And we have to lay aside those things because God ultimately, ultimately is the one who uh, works all things together for good. And so I cannot become... Uh, you know, okay, right now it's two to four, you know, God answers two prayers and four of them didn't get answered. And so I'm, I'm losing. No, you're not losing. You're only losing if you don't continue to get on your knees, get in your prayer closet and pray. Well, back to Joshua again, when um, they went across into the land and they said, well, you have to follow the ark, right? They're crossing the Jordan, the ark of the covenant uh, represented the presence of God, the Word of God. Um, they had to, as a congregation, they had to keep a distance so they could all see it. You got this huge, huge multitude of people, and you had to. Everybody had to be able to look ahead and see it. See it because this represented God's leading for them, God going before them and making the way. And they said, "You need to do it. You need to keep an eye on this because you've never passed this way before." Mm-hmm. And so we're in situations in our lives right now and in this country where we've not passed this way before. Yeah. So we have to keep an eye on, okay, the Lord, okay, what are you saying to right. me? It's, it's, really, it's really for our own um, survival and for our victory is we have to know that God is leading us and follow that lead. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Listen to his written word. Listen to the word that he speaks to you in your heart and then go after it. Be obedient. Uh, and okay, that's how so, we move forward in this. Right. They were all committed in one accord. They all followed the ark. That the, 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 um, that was their PowerPoint. They knew that God, the commandments were in that box. And so were, um, the, I think, the man and whatnot. Now we have the Holy Spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit so is the, our built-in guidance system. And, and so a lot of times, so, so our problems are, number one, why don't we pray? Oh, well, first of all, I don't know how to pray. Well, yes, do you know how to talk? Okay, well, then just do that. Talk to God. Just talk through the power of your, uh, your words to God. Just pour out, like I said, your complaint. Explain situations. Even if it's your unbelief, the man who brought his son, he even said, Lord, help my unbelief. So even your unbelief can be a prayer to God if you bring, bring it to him. And we have not because, James says, we have not because we ask not. And so think, well, we complain about something. Well, you don't have it. Well, why don't you have it? Well, maybe ask. And Jesus said, ask and you shall receive that your joy might be full. So yeah. um, and, and, the, and the, we have to remember, Margie, that some of us have to declutter from formal prayers and having the right words and all that stuff. Just share your heart with the mm-hmm, Lord mm-hmm. and and listen to what he wants. And listen... So the Bible says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is in, in the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And it talks about um, in in First John, when we know uh, that he, he hears, hears us and we well, know his, his, his word, his leading, then we will have the petitions. It says, if you know that, you, that what him. you've asked for is his will, then you know he hears you and then you know that you have what you've asked for. But going back to... Um, you know, slaves, they turn from slaves to warriors, prayer warriors, if you will. And again, these battles that we're looking at, these 
obstacles, these giants, whether it's in the government or in the injustices, whatever, none of these giants are going to be taken down without prayer first. You have got to pray them out of the way and take authority, binding the demons and loosing the demons, uh, or the, the revelation of God to bind those demons. And so, again, here's a couple of problems. Our mouth is muzzled. We've been taught it doesn't work. The outcomes are not always helpful and positive and encouraging. I don't know what to say. Um, we have been very pacified, very over, you know, since 1960, we have been pacified, sedated, entertained, dismantled, mesmerized by years and years and years of programming. We have been programmed by the things we watch. We don't spend as much time in the word as we do watching and listening to what other people are saying. We're being brainwashed, uh, programmed by these these efforts of Satan, which is demand, dismantling. That's how he's dismantling our power. Because, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not paying attention to what God is saying. We're, we're always listening to what other people are saying, their opinions, their agendas, and then we get mad. And then we're off on a, on a rabbit trail. When you get mad and you get angry and you get this injustice, this whatever, and you begin to use your words to pray again or speak over it, the problem, and this is part of the problem of prayer, is people oftentimes pray the problem Rehearse and then they, the problem and then they and stop. Yeah. Then they stop. And there's death in life and the power of the tongue. So when you are murmuring, complaining, about what the situation is, and you don't take it to the Lord, you just bring the problem, you've actually given power to Satan because there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And when you speak an evil thing over someone, over the situation, you've actually permitted it, agreed with, given it permission to be endorsed and go forward. People don't realize that there's death and life in your tongue. So watch what your tongue is saying over yourself, over your situation, over your family, because you could be actually undoing your own desire for God to see God work by the things that are coming out of your mouth. Now, looking at the situation, we have to, we acknowledge the situation. We acknowledge the evil. We acknowledge the evil behind it. And then we have to back off in a sense and say, Lord, what are you wanting to do here? What is right. your will in this matter? Not just rehearsing the problem over and over and over, but you know, I, I think, you know, it's good to ask. ask according to his will. Mm-hmm. He hears us. So right. a lot of times, sometimes we we pray to know his will and that's OK. But most of the time we should know his will and then pray his will. Right, and we know that that's the problem too, because a lot of times people, the real one of the real problems for praying is that people don't know the will of God because God looks to them to be bipolar. He's sort of good and sort of bad. Sometimes he does bad things, sometimes he does good things, but that's mainly the problem of people who don't put the devil in the equation and realize we have a real enemy and it's not God. Here's a situation, okay? What if someone has this attitude, um, you know, God's going to do what he wants to do no matter how I pray. In other words, God is, he's got this plan, and it's its all going to be done according to his plan. And my prayer, does it fit into his plan? You know, if he's going to do what he's, he's going to do, do it anyway, anyway, then why bother praying? Then why bother praying? Saying? Then I'll just, just cruise along and, and uh, well, let things happen. You know, Again, that's a that's a lie, a trick of the devil. It's just you know a laziness, passivity. Um, God's going to do what He's going to do, and I think this is a big problem. And if this is the thing that comes to your mind when you want to pray, then you need to recognize who's saying that to you. Is that God? Is that the Holy Spirit when He says, "Make come boldly before the throne of grace and mercy, ask, seek, find, uh, cry out, pray, uh, make your petitions known." 
then would that be the same source as the one that's saying, well, God's going to do what he's going to do anyway? This is a demonic spirit of passivity or futility or whatever you want to call them, doubt, um, that's that's undermining the, the your relationship with God and making you believe that, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. I don't matter. My prayers don't matter. My prayers do matter. Your children's prayers to you, their conversations with you, their requests to you, they do matter to you. And even though you want to give them something, it is always a blessing to you if they actually come and, and thank you and, and ask for something. So, you know, this is a this is a telltale sign that there's really some deep-seated bitterness. Maybe it's bitterness against God because God didn't answer because why should I, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. Anyway. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. I'm at his mercy where is where's the relationship in that it's like you're not considered god doesn't consider you as important or valuable and that's totally untrue why would god consider us unvaluable un, unimportant or wouldn't want to hear us if he made us well the lord's our heavenly father and we have to consider too it's like a child you know that you know they're 5 years old and they want to they want to have a a gun i mean a real gun it's like oh son um yeah, I mean, sometime you'll have a gun, but not now. <laughs> You're too young. It's a matter of timing, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a matter. Sometimes people ask for stuff that, you know, can we have cotton candy for breakfast every day? Um, well, we no, know, yeah. but you sometimes you see. But we're at that place. To, we don't know the whole picture. Sometimes we don't know what's best for us, and we don't understand. There's a certain amount of timing. Mm-hmm. that God has in bringing his answers. Well, and I think the resistance, the obstacles, the objections that you're talking about, um, people, we need to understand why. Wh- who's talking to me right now? Who's bringing this to my mind? Who's making me feel defeated or fearful? Who is the one who's discouraging me because or doubting or causing me to be too busy or um, I'll do it later or it doesn't work? Who is putting up that argument in our mind? And I believe the very first, he said, bind and loose, whatever you bind. The first spirits that need to be bound are more, more than likely the ones that are talking to you in your mind and in your heart. Fear and unbelief. <clears throat> yeah. And and. In, you know, what's the use and hope, hopelessness and pessimism and all those other things. Because the the Bible says to come, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all, his, all of his ways. Let not that man think that he will receive the things he's asking for. So that spirit of doubt and double-mindedness can underdo, un, ungird, undergird, um, undermine, that's the word. Pull the rug out from under you. And so that you you end up with nothing. And then it goes back to that vicious circle. Well, I prayed and it didn't work. Well, I prayed and it didn't work. And so we have to pray with boldness. You know, in the book of Acts, he says, I give you power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that was the power he was giving them to do the binding and the loosing. I, please get up out of this uh, 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 caterpillar mentality. Please. This, you know, oh, I'm just a worm and I'm just ugly and I'm just barely making God it. God isn't listening to <clears throat> and, me. And I'm going to get stepped on any second now. Get out of the caterpillar mm-hmm. mentality and get in, into the butterfly mentality because we're beautiful. We soar. We can go to God. There, there's no law against praying. They cannot really stop you from praying. They And so the thing is, if we would begin seriously to focus on the Ark of the Covenant, which is the, the, the Son of God, His purpose, His plan, His Word, which we have all so much more of a fullness than they did, and begin to pray with that boldness, pray with that uh, coming boldly, insisting, passionate, you know, pouring your complaint out before God, that will begin to turn events. I'm serious. We cannot, you know, it doesn't matter. 
I mean, it does. It's nice if people stand up, protest, do their digital soldiering thing, and and put something on Facebook or put something out there. That's great. That's good. But that is not what's going to turn this thing around. What is going to turn this thing around is making that request to the Lord God, to the heart of the Father, implying, uh, uh, appealing to the heart of God. Because I'm going to tell you something. God does not want to destroy America. God loves America. God loves the, this world. God loves his precious souls that he created in his image. And you and I are up against more than we can comprehend. Not too much for God, but more than we can comprehend. Unless we pray, we will not have that victory that we have to have. Jesus said in Matthew uh, seventeen twenty. um, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And that is because when you pray those kinds of mountain prayers or mustard seed prayers, what really is going on is you have a little tiny bit of faith, but you're willing to activate it, to plant it in the ground, and it becomes a great mm-hmm. tree. Mm-hmm. But the, the life force of that seed is in the the, the life force force of the seed. So it becomes greatly multiplied. That that faith is Jesus Christ. When I look in a situation and it's too big for me and it's too overwhelming, it's too crazy, scary, and I don't, I, there's no way I can do anything except give it out there, toss it out there, plant that seed, say, okay, God, now I've, I've, I've given you the words. I prayed. Now you do it. But with the faith of Jesus Christ, let it be done. We cannot fall for these lies. There's the lies that you think you worry about out there that are being told by the various <clears throat> evil actors of, of the enemy, those are nothing compared with the lies that Satan is using against you inside of your own heart and mind. For example, it doesn't work. I've tried it before. The, it never, um, you know, who do I think I am? God doesn't answer. God is going to do what he's going to do. Uh, all these objections. But we, faith says, Lord, I believe what you said, that you love me. You're not willing that any should perish. You're not okay with this. And so I am going to believe God. I'm looking at God. I'm not looking at the circumstances. I'm looking at the Lord. God say, yeah, you can change this. This is a, a small thing for you. This is not a mountain to you. You made the mountains. You can change this piece of legislation. You can change this heart. You, I'm looking at you, God. Only you, God. You're the only one I am praying to. And again, the, another thing, remember, don't give your words to the devil. Don't be going off in this uh, murmuring and mullygrubbing and, and poor me and it's never going to work. And the second, and well, second, third, fifth, twelfth thing, whatever, pray in tongues. You have the Holy Spirit in you, and he prays for us with groanings which cannot be interpreted or uttered, so that when you don't know how to pray, and you say, well, I, I don't know how to pray in tongues. I've never prayed in tongues. Well, the only reason you haven't prayed in tongues is not because you don't have the Holy Spirit. It's because you haven't let him pray. When the Holy Spirit begins to pray in you with his prayers that cannot be you know, necessarily understood by us, but he's making intercession for us according to the will of God, uh, Romans chapter 8, then don't switch his words when he gets them up to the top of your of your tongue. Because he's just simply borrowing your tongue, your voice box, your windpipe, your larynx, your words. He's borrowing your ability to speak and using your ability. And you then become the instrument and he is blowing his breath through. It's like a, a, a flute or a, or a oboe. He is, you're the instrument and his breath becomes the prayer. And so when you say, I can't pray in tongues, 
Praying in tongues is much more powerful, much easier, much more effective in praying than any other way to pray because when you're doing that, the devil knows what you're saying and you don't have to know because you can just go at him with the passion that the Holy Spirit has and it's much more powerful than just trying to put your English words together. It's laser beam praying. It, yeah. it just zeroes exactly in on the exact And will, not will only that, but it also, one of the benefits of praying in tongues is it edifies you. Jude talks about being edified, praying in tongues, being built up in your faith. So if you're feeling a little um, like you're running out of gas, like you don't have what it takes, begin to pray in tongues. If For those of you who know that you already do that, do it every day, do it more, do it in the, every occasion. And in any, any situation where you're there, ask God, okay, what do you want me to pray for now? Be uh, Be alert. When a soldier is on the front lines, they're super hyper vigilant and alert. They're not just going, oh, well, yeah, that's just the enemy over there. Oh, well, that's just a grenade right there. Oh, well, that's just a, you know, I just see him coming up over the hill. Oh, well, oh, well. You know what? When you're standing in line somewhere, when you're going somewhere, when you're in your car, when you're in the midst of people, take, take a, 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 a survey or a surveil the atmosphere. The, what's going on in this store? What are the people doing here? What do we want in this store? Do, what do, do we want this boring? Do we want this broken down? Do we want this hopeless spirit here? No, I take authority over that spirit of dismay or, or discouragement that's in this, even in the store. I take authority over you, spirit of discouragement or depression right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I rebuke you. I send you back to the pit in the name of Jesus Christ through the blood of the lamb. I release these people into a better place, a place of hope, a place of encouragement. Now that is how we will pray and be effective in our prayers. And we do that in our homes. We do that in our workplaces, you know, under your breath. If you can't do it out loud, you can't do it in the spirit. Just do it. Um, just do it. Yeah. And First uh, Peter 4, 7, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Mm-hmm. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be alert. The Bible says, even Ephesians 6, uh, Ephesians 6 it talks about, um, be you know, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's not right stand there. Stand and having done all the stand, having, right? But, but watch because your adversary. Be alert. Be watchful because your adversary is uh, always as, there. As, as, as a roaring lion, Peter talks about it, seeking, seeking whom, whom he may, may devour. Uh, be alert. Be wise. Be alert to what's going on mm-hmm. in your own heart. And, and be alert to say if you seem like, well, it seems like the answer is not coming or the answer came and it wasn't according to the way I prayed. That's a test of faith. That's There's The test of faith is you're going to trust God no matter what, mm-hmm. whether the answer comes like you think you sh- it should come or not. Well, remember the end, the end is not yet. And a lot of times what right. God permits is for a good thing. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So... You know, if you're trying to end the story and the story was still in the middle of the movie and you're trying to end the story and, and, and you don't like the middle and you that's the hard part, you know, and you just give up and throw down your hands and say, forget this. You have just been deceived by the enemy. We don't quit until we're called home. We don't stop fighting this battle until we stand before the King of Kings. In, in Psalms 118, mm-hmm. verse 5, he says, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. How do you know that your prayer, that you're in this miserable place right now, the place of distress, that God won't answer you and set you in a broad place because you've been trained to believe, I'm never going to be in a broad place. I'm always going to be in distress. It's never going to work. Why do I even bother? Uh, Shut up. Whoever's talking to you at that point, tell them, just say shut up. No, you won't. I'm not listening to you. Then he goes on. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. 
What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Verse 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Then in verse 19 and 20 of Psalm 118, open to me the gates of righteousness and I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. Amen and amen. Jeremiah 33, 3. God says to Jeremiah, he says, call unto me. He says, this is the word of the Lord to him. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which which you you do do not know. know. It is time for us to pick up on the promises of God. If you read through the Psalms, you read through uh, David and those guys, they're in this battle, and it's a lot of it is what we're in. There's the mental battle, the torment. He had a physical enemy that was chasing him around, and so do we sometimes. But you know, and that, but God kept giving him promises. Okay, God, you ascend prosperity. Okay, you said you're going to give me a broad place to live in. You're going to remove my distress. Okay, so then I am by faith ahead of time. I'm going to thank you. I am going to rejoice. I'm going to praise you. And this is faith. This pleases God. And so um, we just thank you, Lord God, for the picking up on your promises, Lord, through prayer, through a passion. Lord, I pray that the people who hear this today, Father, that their hearts would be touched, that they would you'd reveal to them, oh God, their own victory, their own um, sense of accomplishment, their own sense of, of doing that which is right and being uh, filled with your peace, your power, your, your protection, your confidence, so that they don't go out there being afraid, that we will go out there knowing our God and that those who know their God will do exploits and that we will see exploits, miracles, answers to prayer, turning around of events coming through our prayers because of your desire, your faithfulness, Lord God, and encourage us, inspire us to do that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And Lord, I, I just want to remind you guys too, if you want to check out anything more that we do, our blog, radio shows, or blogs, or uh, teachings, books, etc., go to liferecovery.com. Check it out. Liferecovery.com. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.